At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's uh, the weather, all things considered. The house isn't blown over, so yeah, gotta, yeah. that's good. That is good. No, here, man, here in the great uh, city of Houston, we had like a flash flood warning, which, you know, post Harvey, everybody gets a little uh, antsy about. But I mean, like yeah. Yeah, people waiting in water up to like, you know, they're uh they're wasting everything it was pretty crazy yeah um, had like one a couple roads like you know two feet of water on there the other day it was nuts insane but anyway we're cool we we uh we we survived it okay and i'm glad the city of houston did because man did you know that this weekend coming up here is comic palooza i had no idea yeah comic palooza in houston uh hosting such uh, uh great guests as uh, the mother of dragons herself and Masande of not going to spoil anything and also <laughs> by saying you're not going to spoil anything you just spoiled it i spoiled nothing but stay tuned after this episode for a little uh, thrones tv talk uh but no but of course uh, the one and only mr grant gustin uh, of course the og john wesley ship coming as well but uh, yeah grant grant's gonna be here man oh that's cool are you gonna go yeah. You know, I, I called him up and I, and you know, he, oh, I'm sorry. He called me up. <laughs> I don't know. Why well, yeah. It's like, Bo, I hear you're in Houston now, right? Yeah, I know. He called me up. He's like, Hey, let's, uh, you know, let's do this. Let's go get lunch. And I told him I'd love to do it, but unfortunately I've got to, I'll be out of town for another conference. And, uh, he's like, Oh no, please, please. I'll, I'll do anything, man. You please stay behind. I was like, I, I really can. I have prior commitments and, uh, you know, I'm just kidding. We we're not like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> basic. But, uh, but no, no, he'll be coming to Houston. And so I want to just kind of throw that out there. Cause if any of y'all, by the way, are coming into town to Houston, um, uh, shout out to all of y'all for coming into town and let me know. Cause while I will be out of town, the latter half of comic Palooza, I will be in town for the first bit. I don't know how free I'll be schedule wise, but would love to uh, potentially get like a meetup going or something like that. Could be cool. Uh, and so, yeah, let us know. But more importantly than that, if any of you are going to Comic Palooza in Houston and you do happen to do that thing where you line up and you get your stuff signed and all that kind of thing and you get like a, a like a few minutes with, uh, you know, with with uh, Grant, uh, if you wanted to like, you know, I don't know, just be like, hey, Grant, um, uh, we, we should give we should give a message, right? Like we should we should do some sort of like secret message. Just be, <laughs> just be like, hey, Grant, next time on the show, say flim flam, walla walla, bing bang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except I and guess that way we'll know. Have to do it. No, no, no. Grant will just say it and then they'll take the take because like, why wouldn't they? It's one take. He's one take Gustin. Yeah. One take yeah. Gustin. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't know? You didn't know? That's that's a good. That's good. No, I'm just kidding. No, like y'all, uh, y'all go have fun. And uh, yeah, let us but let us know if you are going because I, I think that, uh, that that's incredible. And I love that it's in a town like something like that occurring in a town that I live in now. That's just yeah. exciting to me. Oh, uh, man. I met, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I say I, I met Chad Rook in uh, a, a comic convention in Houston years ago. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Good old Chad. Um, man. Okay. So uh, we've also got uh, something else that I'm very excited about. And that is our Patreon account. Head over to uh, patreon.com slash TV talk to make the show happen. Uh, last week would, would not have happened at all. If not for the great support of our patrons, you could, you too could be one of them. And uh, coming up here in like two or three weeks, we'll have some sketches going out to all of our patrons. So uh, really excited for that. Uh, if you want to make sure you're in on that, become a patron today. Again, that is patreon.com slash TV talk. And uh, yeah, it's uh, well, I must say uh, I can send out some preliminary images, uh, but like with my move and stuff, it's going to be really dicey as to when I'll be able to like get everything set back up and ready to go. Um, but I have like some sketches and whatnot. We can share those to kind of get an idea of what the final thing is going to look like. So just saying. All right. All right. You ready? You ready for this, man? Are you ready? I think so. I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. Let's jump into the rundown. The The rundown. rundown. Episode 20 of season five, The Girl with the Red Lightning, directed by Stefan Plazinski and story by Judelina Neria and Thomas Pound. Bell, what happened to this episode? Well, Team Flash decides to gather the metahumans in Central City at the CCPD and distribute the cure to protect them against Cicada. Sherlock goes to get Renee, but she refuses the cure and is sent safely to his Earth. Nora reveals she is still connected to Grace's mind from using the memory machine and feels her anger through the negative speed force. She wants to look through Grace's eyes to locate her, but her parents decide it is too dangerous. Ralph is trying to figure out Thawne's plan, but the others are more interested in stopping Cicada. After Cicada collects the final pieces for her weapon, Barry and Iris agree to let Nora to connect to her and expose herself to the negative speed force, and she locates Cicada just as she attacks the CCPD. Cicada then uses the Meta's dark matter as a battery for the cryo-atomizer, and while the others engage Cicada, Cisco disables the cryo-atomizer. Finally, Ralph figures out Thawne's plan just as Barry shoots Cicada's dagger with the mirror gun. In 2049, Thawne's time is up and he is about to be executed. As he is strapped down, it is revealed that his powers are being dampened by Cicada's dagger. Dun, dun, dun. Bell, you finally got what you always wanted this episode. Yeah, what's that? It all makes sense now. You were like two episodes ago. You were like, I don't see what it is. <laughs> the negative bell force was coursing through your veins. But now we know that, uh, that that in all actuality, it does tie together in a very nice way, in a way that only the mastermind himself could tie it together. But perhaps I'm getting way ahead of ourselves. I, hold on, though. I want to say that at one point, I thought that like Cicada's dagger was going to be used to kill Metas or something like that. Didn't is I mention true? that? A while yeah, ago, you thought, you thought the dagger was going to be used to kill Eobard. And so you were very, very close. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it was going to be used to kill Eobard. Well, I get the sense that it's there to like contain, like keep him from using his powers. I don't think it's there to kill him. I mean, maybe we'll see. We will definitely see. But one way or the other, we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Uh, or will we, I suppose, is actually a better way to reference that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that is, that is very true. But man, let's talk about this episode. Um, man, speaking of people who look like Harrison Wells, Sherlock is, uh, you know, things are going really well with his lady friend. I don't know how I missed this, or maybe I didn't, but I don't remember like making this connection that his girlfriend's name was Adler, like Irene Adler, Sherlock Holmes, uh, significant other from the, the novels and popular culture. I don't know enough about Sherlock Holmes, I guess. Yeah, that's that's the case. Like the, the Irene Adler, If I'll put it this way, if Sherlock Holmes is... Batman, Irene Adler is like the Catwoman. Oh, okay. 
kind of the femme fatale that, that, you know, he's got to stop, but he, he also loves and everything else. So that totally, I don't know how on earth I missed that during the whole, you know, my multiverse ex-wives deal. But, um, but yeah, so maybe <laughs> you said how on earth, maybe it was on earth too. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. That was, that was really good. Well, he wants to send her back to, to, to his earth and she's kind of cool with it, which is kind of wild because first of all, I mean, I, I get that she's a meta and so she has powers. And so, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, I've got a raccoon that I email, you know, e- emails me weekly or whatever. I, like, so why not time travel? I, I get it. Right. Like I, I get the absurdity of reality. Thus, sure. Multiverse. I can move things with my hands. Why not have a multiverse? The thing that gets me about this, though, which I thought was kind of interesting, is that she kind of takes it in stride, the fact that there are multiple Earths. And when he's like, yeah, so I'm going to just put you on my Earth. You cool with that? Like, you don't have any family, friends, a job. You know, like, there's no one else that, that you need to, like, let know that you're going to leave the entire planet. No? Okay. Yep. Here, let me, uh, dee, dee, and then boom, she's gone. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe she uh, has, like, unlimited PTO at her job and she can just, you know, come back and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I was in fear of my life. And so I went to another planet or earth, you know? Yeah. But you earth. can't just tell people that like multiverse is not. Well, okay. Not then she'll say I, I went out of town. I went out of town for the weekend on an emergency to go see my sister's cousin's aunt's father because he tripped down the stairs and hurt his foot when he heard that a giant shark and a gorilla were fighting in central city the other day. Yeah, fair enough. But one way or the other, there is the other alternative of hopping earth, which is to get the cure, which she is decidedly not wanting to do. She wants, she is making the choice that she wants to maintain her meta abilities, even if it puts her life at risk. However, a lot of people are all game for the cure. So last episode, Bell, you and I were talking about this notion that perhaps the cure never really was fully formed and and you know the closest they ever got was this mutated version seems like that's not the case at all the cure is up up operational and apparently has been mass produced in a very short amount of time well yeah no they, they fixed the cure with king shark like we saw that yeah but i see this is where i got a little confused because there was kind of this notion of they they fixed the cure but then they kind of stopped talking about the cure and then they said the cure was a virus and so I just assumed that off screen somewhere it mutated just like, you know, no, 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 no. like they, they said, I think they said, you know, you know, it was part of the time, you know, Chris, uh, Crisco <laughs> part of the time that Cisco has spent off screen, he's been working on this cure and, you know, he finally came back and I, I want to say maybe there's like a one off line where he was like, yeah, you know, I did a couple iterations and I think I got something that's going to work. And so uh, they, they did the cure, the cure worked. And then when they found Cicada had busted into the lab, the Tannhauser dark site, they're like, what'd she take? And they're like, oh, that was like Cisco's failed trials, you know? So like yeah. he, he made several iterations of it that didn't work, that acted as a virus and that killed the target. And so those were just in storage at the at the, at the Tannhauser Black site. And that's why, you know, they were like, oh, crap, when she stole them, because she didn't steal a working virus. She stole the, the, the non-working prototypes that kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, although, you know, the, the wild thing, of course, is that if Kid Kato wanted to use the cure, it would have the exact same effect, just not you know, kill everybody, which, you know, adds to the kid cray cray from last week. I mean, like, you know, this is where she's at. She'd rather kill them than, than cure them. But uh, regardless, you know, she's crazy. Well, I, way, the, I think, I think her idea there is that, you know, she wants, she doesn't want to cure them and get rid of the powers. Cause she, you know, it's, it's the people behind the powers as well. So, you know, they, they've done these horrible things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's kind of what I feel is it not like, it's not the powers themselves. It's like, cause not everybody who has powers, does bad things but like in her mind i guess it's kind of like even if i remove the power like that person still indirectly hurt me through sure. yeah like that kind of thing 
Gotcha. Interesting, man. Yeah, no, she's uh, she she is a she's 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 doing it, man. Or at least it, it seems like she's about to. They've got a plan in place. They are going to end up using the mirror gun, sending it to the, uh, you know, uh, mirifying the uh, the the dagger. Can't Which, wait to see how that gun continues to play as the series goes. I was not expecting it to look like that when they shot it. Like you know. Yeah, it's it, the, the way they described it is like it was like focusing stuff. And I thought it was gonna like shoot like a blast and like melt it or blow it away. But no, it's 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 straight up like mirror dimension. Like, you know, Mirror Master is going to hop out of that and be like, yeah, what's up? Thanks for the satellite core. Well, let's talk <laughs> about this, this kind of concept of the mirror dimension. So, if, I mean, there's been different iterations, but suffice to say that the idea is that there are there is a dimension that exists between reflections and so you could theoretically, given the power or the technology or, or whatever, you know, again, quote unquote technology, OMG technology, you could go into one mirror and exit from another by, by means of the mirror dimension. And it's been depicted in a lot of different ways in the comics. Sometimes it's this, you know, long winding road with all of this like infinite number of uh, gateways, if you will, to kind of get between various mirrors and such. And, uh, and so, you know, Mirror Master, the way that we've seen him work is that he can enter mirrors, but I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he seems to only be able to exit the same mirror that he was in, or more accurately, he can put somebody into the mirror, but they're stuck in that one mirror. It's not like they go into the mirror dimension. Yeah. Which means that this gun is kind of a game changer from that standpoint. In that it can put stuff into the dimension? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, this seem. I mean, you know, again, like it seems like there's there's a difference between entering into the mirror dimension and being stuck in a mirror, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Cause if you're stuck in the mirror, you're not accessing the, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, if the mirror dimension to get in there, you gotta open one door to get into the mirror. Then you open the mirror, the door behind the mirror to get into the mirror dimension to travel between the other mirrors. And like, sure. When you're stuck in the mirror, the, the second door is closed and locked. And so you're just stuck in that one area and you can't traverse the mirror dimension. So here's the other thing that I thought of. So we know that like like when the bomb is about to go off, or at least they're trying to get rid of the bomb, he decides he's going to send it to, I think he says Earth 15, which is a dead Earth. Yeah. All right. Now, now I know I shouldn't ask this question, Bell. I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to anyway. Why can't he just do that with the dagger? Like instead he, of space, why not throw it on a completely separate Earth? That, that, yeah, that, that's that's the question I've been asking ever since he portaled it. You know, the first time, like it's like, oh, you sent it to space. You could have sent it to the, to the dead Earth and then it's there and it's gone. And it's disappeared. And you never have to deal with it again. And he didn't do it. And he didn't do I, it. I was fine. I'm kind of fine with it, like giving like a, well, you know, he didn't think of it or something of that nature. But it is just odd that like if if we're doing this now, then why couldn't we do that then? It's like if we're going to keep it in kind of a season long mindset of like what we're going to do this time versus what we're not going to do. It just, I don't know. It seemed a little... um yeah, a little late in the game to kind of come up with that idea. But one way or the other, it's fine. You know, I, I think overall it's it's a decent, it's satisfying to get a lot of these threads that got a little wobbly here in the back half of the season, finally started to come together and really tied up, I would argue, very, very nicely. Um, in terms of what her plan is, in terms of her motivation, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, in terms of, you know, the motivation of Nora, who has been after trying to stop her, um, feeling somewhat responsible for her creation, even though, you know, now we can kind of see what what's really at play here. I mean, ultimately, man, there is uh, 
this for me again was a very satisfying conclusion to a lot of different story threads that came together yeah i think it was satisfying but the the problem that i have with it and you know we've been guessing all along you know the 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 daggers part of his of of eobard's plan and like we know cicada wants to kill everybody but it just i wish you know it's 20 episodes until we get that payoff in the last like five or six we've been kind of like okay i feel like none of that stuff was really necessary well, so is that true, though? Because the cure really didn't come into play until the latter half of the season, right? Yeah, I'm just saying that there, there's probably like 10 episodes we could cut from this season and have a really cohesive, well put together story. I think you could probably cut closer to three or four and then condense the like stories into, you know, condense some of the stories down. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I guess condense is is another word for because there are elements from other episodes that. Yeah were uh you know important and, and and we had some character development moments from like nora and things like that just overall i just think there's a lot of extra fluff that at least made me frustrated when i'm watching it because i might get to the point mm. all right let's talk about let's talk about the cure because that that has been a point of debate between the two of us between the internet all throughout since it was first introduced and so now we see here that ultimately the cure was kind of used twofold. One, it created the virus that Cicada, Kid Cicada would ultimately use to try to knock everybody out. By the way, got to give props to Cisco, who finally, since he was gone when like she was named Cicada 2, he's like, yeah, uh, what, do you, what do you say? Uh, she Cicada? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's way better than Cicada 2. Now, yeah. arguably, Kid Cicada is still better, but She Cicada is way better than Cicada 2. Yeah. I agree. So nice that he was back on the scene being like, I'm not even going to use y'all's name. Like the name y'all gave was so lame. I'm not even going to like acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, regardless, we see that, you know, the cure does create this biological weapon, but it also simultaneously creates a solution for people that want to get rid of their meta abilities. We were interpreting that story as what looked to be some sort of exit for one of the characters on the show. Now, there's been a lot of speculation about that. But now that we've actually seen it used in this effect, I'm actually wondering, Bell, if this is being used to kind of clean the slate a little bit. Kind of go back to the there's only a couple metas sort of thing instead of everybody being a meta. Yeah, because for one thing, I don't think I realized exactly how many metas were out there. Um, you know, the, the, it was surprising to me that that so many of them popped up this episode and were like, oh, I've got powers. Oh, I've got powers. You know, I'm Spartacus. Like <laughs> suddenly we got everybody in the city and everybody's a meta. And so now that seems to be mostly dealt with, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, uh, those people didn't get the cure before they were evacuated, right? Like their dark matter was stolen. So they temporarily lost their powers. Uh, but once the daggers destroy, they're going to get them back. And so uh, and, and with the threat of Cicada gone, uh, the only reason those people were there in the first place was to because they were scared of getting killed by Cicada. And so with that pressure off of them, I mean, why why worry about it anymore? Unless unless you had like one of those powers where like, you know, every time you moved, you farted and like your farts could knock out people around you. And, you know, you just you didn't want that anymore. I totally understand. But like, you know, if you could move stuff with your mind. You know, like uh, like Renee, like, why would you not want that? I mean, we've all been there with the remote. You're sitting there. The remote's on the other side of the room. You, you try to do the Jedi mind or the, you know, the force pull. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you wouldn't turn that down. No, I get that. I get that. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it To me, it seems like they're clearing the deck. Now, Cicada 2, Kid Cicada, Shikada, uh, she very specifically blamed Team Flash for the creation of the metas, right? Like, you know, y'all are responsible for, um, you know, the, the particle accelerator. She, she references three specific things, the bus metas and the satellite metas. 
So kind of an interesting get that she would even reference the bus metas because that was not a like a mass production of new metahumans, right? Like it was just the eight or 11 or however many it was. Yeah. The 12. So, yeah. How would she even know about that? Or is that just kind of common knowledge due to the Flash Museum? Well, I, I, I figure we're going, or at least I'm going to talk about that when we begin to speculate, but I, I feel it has a lot to do with her origin and... Ooh. Um, yeah, because I, I feel like that's that's the last remaining piece of Eobard's plan is where he got this Kid Kata from. Interesting. OK, OK, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you know, Ralph was one, you know, originally one of the bus metas. So, I mean, that is definitely tied to his origin story. Uh, Ralph, who has changed so drastically throughout the course of this. And, you know, speaking of which, man, like this episode, I cannot believe I said this. I, I said it out loud. I even tweeted it. I said, everybody needs to stop what they're doing and listen to Ralph. And <laughs> like, I, I can't believe that happened. I cannot believe that they got me there. And if they didn't get me there, it's, they, got, they got Ralph there. I have not moved. They, they moved Ralph. That is, <laughs> that's, that's really what it's got to come down to. But um, yeah, Ralph is now the, the mouthpiece of wisdom on the show. I know. Bell, new season, what, new what Ralph. What earth are we on? Like, I feel like we've like trans transcended into the multiverse here and we're now on earth you know five or seven or twelve i, I don't know but. <laughs> yeah I, I would i would do a quote from uh the new spider-man far from home trailer to kind of explain it but i'm not going to do that because that trailer if you haven't seen endgame has spoilers in it so um this, this guy, oh, oh that one yeah yeah and, and so yeah it seems like uh we, we know alf or alf <laughs> We know Ralph is from, uh, you it's know, Ralph on Earth, uh, on Earth 18. Yeah. Yeah. But we know he's from Earth one. But I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe like in between seasons, they replaced uh, <laughs> the, the Earth one Ralph with like Earth 47 Ralph, who's just all around better. But like exactly the same as the other Ralph, except for he's better. <laughs> well, one way or the other, man, he's got the right idea. He recognizes that while all this is going on, he's like, wait. You know, some, something's up. Like Eobard, like every, and you know, the, the funny thing is that Barry's been preaching this, and then as soon as Barry kind of switches his tune a little bit, then Ralph kind of picks it up and is like, "Uh, I think I just caught on to everything that you've been saying all season long, right now, right at this minute." So, yeah. <laughs> and he's right. Everybody should have just shut up and listened to Ralph. Now, a l large part of what was going on in the midst of this is that we get the reveal that's been hinted at, teased at, that there's still a mental connection between cicada 2 kid kata shikata and nora from the kind of the the brain sharing uh from the the episode previous which by the way i love that that has actually had legs to it that it wasn't like a one and done it was a phenomenal episode but it's it's not just that it was a great episode it actually had impact and uh you know the lasting effects that we're still feeling now yeah it was kind of neat that they decided to hang on to that and use it as a plot device later on as opposed to you know a lot of times you'll see the oh yeah we had this mental thing oh it didn't work you never hear anything of it but like it was a very valuable thing uh <laughs> that ended up you know showing them exactly where cicada or kid kata or shikata was so yeah. yeah and you know it's funny because the 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 whole notion all right we talked about this last episode but but with nora potentially being a villain or at least that being kind of teased out and and you know tapping into the negative speed force you know i was always apprehensive about that i did not want i do not want nora to be a villain and so in this episode we kind of learned that this her, her very ability to even connect to the negative speed force or for it to have as like so much of a grab onto her 
is not because it's necessarily like her per se. It's the connection that she's been sharing with Kid Kata. It's that rage that that's kind of, you know, that the negative speed force is kind of, you know, fueling into and that's fueling back. Like that's where the connection point is. And she's just stuck in the middle right there. Um, and it's impacting, of course, her own emotions and that sort of thing. Now, all that being said, I don't think that was necessarily the case in the future when she first accessed the negative speed force. I think she did that on her own because of like some legitimate rage that, and kind of traumatic trauma that she was dealing with in the moment. But I think in terms of like why it's lingered, I like the fact that it's not her it's actually Kid Kata that's been that that lightning rod. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, obviously Kid Kata is not a speedster, so she can't access the speed force. But when uh, her anger channels through a speedster, it can generate negative speed force. Now, I, I, I'm curious, though, if uh, if there if we had seen, you know, the, the red lightning and everything on Nora, if they hadn't done uh, like like like, for example, if Barry, uh, if Barry had the mental leak link thing. Uh, just, just, you know, he put the little device on and somehow like, like, you know, whatever, I uh, got, got the mental link to, uh, to Kid Kata. Like if he would be able to also channel negative speed forces, I don't, I don't yeah. think he would because he's never channeled it before. I, I would argue that in order for Barry to, to tap into the negative speed force, he would be, we, he would have to, in some form or fashion, be totally disconnected from the actual speed force. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that that could simultaneously exist. I mean, you could argue that it was simultaneously existing in Nora, but again, it's a unique circumstance because it's connecting to Kid Kata as opposed to her. Um, you know, I, hmm. yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause like she, and it, she again, if, hmm. if Barry is the source of the speed force too, it's different as well, but what, I'm sorry, Bill, what were you saying? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just interesting because like, you know, she did tap into the negative speed force, but she also still had her purple lightning, which is, uh, which was interesting. So, yeah, I I think uh, I think it feels kind of like you know her connection to it is gone. But since someone else can, with their like you know emotions and whatnot, channel that through her, she's not connecting to it. It's it's them connecting to it through her. I guess if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The whole philosophy on the lightning is interesting. Yeah, uh, and as as y'all know, we love talking about that. But uh, let me let's let's talk about this. So. You know, Nora does kind of get kind of self-actualized by the end of this episode. She's behaving in a much more mature fashion. Like we see, I almost get the sense that we saw kind of a conclusion of her evolution and her parents, her, her relationship with her parents um, throughout this entire season. You know, she she's not rushing in. She's now learned from her actions, from Barry, from uh, the the time that they've spent together. And she's now going as a mature adult who honestly I'm pretty sure is actually older than them to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> do, but, do, they, uh, do they ever say how old Nora is like when she uh, when she comes back? I think I could be wrong but I think she's in her I think she's in her 30s right? The actress and or Nora? I think the kid like I think Nora is supposed to be in her early 30s and her parents are in their late 20s. Yeah like that was the thing that, that I'm so glad they finally did it this episode because I don't think they ever said how old Nora was but I always got the got the impression that she was you know 20s 30s something like that maybe 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 you know mid 20s late 20s but they always treated her like she was a 16 year old yeah and well, she, so you, well, that's but that's how parents are man i mean like, I know, you know she, how that she, is. she finally said she's like i'm an adult like i i can make my own decisions and i'm an adult <laughs> <laughs> i just yeah it, it, it was so i was so happy to finally see her come out and say like quit babying me you know i you know i i get it at the beginning you know she just had these powers and it was like you know this is a dangerous kind of thing for you to do um, but yeah, it's, it, it's about time that she straight up told them, you know, 
I'm a, I'm a, I, what is, what is, you know, I'm a peacock. I got to fly. Like, you know, don't, don't clip my wings kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, it was good. And I mean, like I, I get it. I mean, I've got it consistently throughout the season when you're, you know, there, there's an aspect of when you're with certain people, you almost kind of regress, be it friends from you know high school, be it your parents, be it your siblings, whatever it may be. Um, that was my only critique, honestly, of the episode where it, it was her backstory in the future, because I, I was surprised to see her acting in a similar fashion as we've seen her. I would have thought she would have acted then more like she acted in this episode, which is kind of finding that footing or having that secure footing uh, that she that she definitely has now. So anyway, the fact that this this does kind of almost conclude her narrative. uh I'm, I'm worried, man. I'm worried we're about to lose her in some capacity. I'm worried we're about to lose her. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always kind of thought she was probably going to go back to the future, but with the timeline so screwed up that they are now, I don't know. It might be one of those things where her future is so messed up. She can't go back. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it has a lot to do with what uh, good old Eobard's planning, but yeah, it, it seems to me like with this new timeline, trying to break through with Kid Kata with, with Ralph's realization and, and kind of understanding what Eobard's plan is uh, it, yeah. And, and with her, you know, the culmination of her story arc, it just it feels like they're setting her up to go back. Um, but I just don't know if there's going to be a back for her to go to. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. Uh, no, that'll that'll definitely play itself out. Man, before we talk about what we really want to get into, uh, we got to at least talk about this. A, a, a subplot that that felt weird, forced and and if I'm being totally honest, out of character, Joe seemed somewhat overwhelmed by being put in charge of uh, of CCPD, which kind of baffles me, man. Like, like I get that it's kind of a unique scenario to see Papa Joe out of his element, but it also feels very out of left field and also very self-contained to this one episode. Yes. Oh yeah, we'll never see that again. It, it's so weird. It's like Papa Joe never needs a heart to tart, heart, heart to heart, heart to heart talk because he is the the literal personification of a heart to heart talk. <laughs> He's had, he's had his share. He's had his share. I think Barry, uh, Barry, Papa Joe, Papa Joe, at one point, and you know, when becoming a father again, there was some moments with uh, him and Iris, and she kind of yeah. But the- but he's never been in such a bad state as he was uh, uh, at CCPD. You know, given the fact the actor had health issues this last past season, I was a little worried about him. Like, are y'all overworking? <laughs> like, because like, I'm telling you, like, I, I don't want to see him die on film. Like, what's uh, going on fine. here? He's fine. Know, man. But yeah, no, it, it was it was kind of strange to see him out of his element like that. Um, you know, and, and it's it's even what uh, Grandma. <laughs> Talk about Grandma Esther. No, not Grandma Esther. Uh, no. uh, uh, District Attorney, why? Why? Where is my brain today? I'm sorry. Wait, she. I, I was about to say Joe's she wife. Not, I know. I was about to say Cecile is not a grandma, and then I was like, oh wait, no. But technically, I guess no, she kind of she's was. technically a grandma. She's or or, or Granny Joe. I guess <laughs> Papa no, Joe, Granny. Not Cecile, <laughs> Granny Joe. I'm not. I'm not having. All right. That. All right. We won't have that. She's but. excellent, man. She's coming to her own this season in a big way, and then like I'm. I really. I've never not liked her character, but she's always felt tacked on until this season. And this season, she's really kind of coming to her own, and partially that's because Joe was out of, you know, out of the scene. I, I don't know, man. It just seemed like a very weird force plot line. For a brief moment, I thought they were setting up that Joe was about to be promoted to Captain Singh's job in the next season or something like that. But, That's kind of um, what I thought at first, too. 
don't think that's going to be the case. No, um, I, I think you know it's it's going to be one of those things where you know he he's going to get offered the job because of how he handled this, and he's going to turn it down because he's like my place is in the field and blah 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 something like that. You know. Yeah. All right. Wait. Well, hey, that's uh that's what happened this episode. But um, you know something else happened this episode. It concluded with EO back question mark because because eobard and he's he's back he's eo back i don't get it speedster speculation (laughs) bell eobard uh it is revealed here at the very tail end of the episode that eobard has the dagger strapped directly to him now the point of this dagger is still somewhat in question it's possible given the fact that the dagger seems to also emanate red lightning which indicates of course a connection to the negative speed force that somehow the two are intertwined that perhaps the dagger in and of itself is what's channeling all that red lightning back at him uh which is how they intend to kill him and have been torturing him or it's also very possible that the reason why he has not been able to move or, or u- utilize his speed or any of his powers is because the uh, the you know uh, prison has actually strapped Cicada's dagger directly to him, thus taking away his powers. It's a little questionable, but one thing that I think is safe to say, although correct me if I'm wrong, because you know we all know that I can be wrong from time to time. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that one way or the other, Eobar does not want that dagger on him anymore. No, he doesn't. But seeing that reveal in the way that they did it raises a lot of questions for me. Okay. Because we have seen in the past, Iron Heights Prison has a maximum security meta wing, you know, meta human dampening wing on it. Yes. And they've used that in the past. And those meta human power dampeners seem to work really well because they, you know, they they stop Barry dead in his tracks. Um, I, I, I thought like the idea that they were going to like execute him with it maybe or something, you know, that that can make sense. Uh, but like that, that seems like, okay, so you're using this to just, and maybe, maybe it's because he's the worst, you know, the, the, the worst metahuman. I don't know, but you're using the only device you have, you know, that this one dagger on this one speedster in order to dampen his powers. Well, let, let, let's, let's bypass for the moment what the, what the dagger is actually doing here or is about to be used. Are we in agreement that Eobard wants the dagger gone. Yeah, we we've been saying that for a long time. I recall okay, specifically good. saying that, you know, episodes ago. Yeah, no, no, and and you were right. I mean, would you would 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 you like to do the happy dance? I, I don't need to do the happy dance because you know I'm I'm always happy. Okay, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> except when the negative bell force is is into you. Yeah, well, no, it's, I, it, they drag out like it's it's. It's Bell, been there. Don't, don't give in. I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not flesh, flashing just, red yet. My <laughs> eyes aren't flashing. I'm just. I got a little red lightning. My eyes aren't red yet. It's okay. I'm just. I'm just saying that it's. It's. It's kind of frustrating to me that you know this is. It's yeah. We we know he's trying to get rid of the dagger. At least I thought that he was trying to get rid of the dagger for a long time, and it just seemed kind of like dragged out. And I, I kind of wish there'd been a little bit more. Because there's three episodes left, and I kind of wish maybe there'd been more like tension and build up as you kind of see. Because being being a uh, 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 an audience that knows more than the people on the show can be kind of interesting because you can kind of see them and, and, it, and it builds tension, right? And so, like you know, partially of what he's trying to of what Eobard's trying to do, and you know, you can kind of see them falling into his machinations and whatnot. But like we didn't kind of get that with this. It was just like you know, there's all this talk about Cicada and the dagger, and we got Eobard thrown in there. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, the dagger's going to go away, and that's his plan all along. It just, yeah. it's, I don't know, it. it, it 
So here's the yeah. thing, because I think there's a lot of question right now as far as like what exactly is Eobard's plan. So Eobard, in some capacity, the dagger is either holding him there or is responsible for his impending demise, which means that he needs to figure out a way to get rid of it. Now, the dagger pre-existed before uh, Nora got involved in the picture. But he utilizes Nora, sends her back to break the uh, break the satellite, right? And what ends up happening, unfortunately for Eobard, it does not actually get rid of the dagger, but instead updates, you know, updates the timeline and gets somebody else who's the new cicada who gets the dagger in this new timeline. So that doesn't necessarily fix the problem. Which well, hold means, on though. Yeah. So the dagger was created by the satellite blowing up. Accurate, uh, so far as we know. Okay, so. It would have it would have happened regardless, right? Like Nora going back and destroying the satellite. Eobard thought that would prevent the the, the dagger from being created. Uh, maybe maybe not. But one way or the other, like we know that the distra- like her involvement changes things about the dagger. So maybe his whole purpose for putting Nora there was more to give her a level of responsibility so that he could essentially work through her to try to destroy the dagger. Okay. So maybe he didn't. So maybe the mindset here is not that she blew up the satellite in an effort to destroy it, but she blew up the satellite per his instructions so that she would feel inclined to stay back and defeat Cicada, thus eradicating the dagger and giving him an agent he can work through to change the past. Well, no, no, no. Right. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Eobard told her to destroy the satellite to destroy the dagger. I'm saying that Eobard, you know, gave her the idea to go back in time to help her dad, and she just helped him by blowing up the satellite. I think I think the satellite, I mean, maybe, but one way or the other, like his end game here has always been about getting rid of the dagger. Yes. That's that's been his plan from the get go. Now, you're right. Whether or not he, he instructed her to get involved at that or, or not, regardless, you know, changes were made to the timeline because of her involvement. And so therefore she now acts as his agent in the present for him to try to, for them to try to destroy the dagger. Yeah. And so he he was all along trying to get rid of it. Now you had implied earlier that there's still a question about Kid Kata and and what her origin story is and how that fits into Thon's plan. What you got? What you what you what you cooking on, Bell? Well, how do you see, so you know Ralph's whole thing is you know when Cicada first shows up, we see this. She doesn't have the dagger. She has these other weird daggers, and so we don't know what those are from. Like, is that another Earth Cicada? Is that you know uh, is is there another timeline where Grace? becomes cicada after the real cicada is gone because and she even says like you know in my time i didn't even have the dagger she didn't get it until she came back and killed uh uh uh, orlin right so like you know he dies she gets the dagger in this timeline so i do i don't i'm i don't know if kid cada is an active like thing that eobard was trying to do as part of his plan or if that was a uh, a problem that has come up with Nora changing the timeline so much. And if that was like an unforeseen consequence that Eobard then had to deal with. Um, because it seems like it would just be easier to give her the idea to get the mirror gun, you know, go through the sail and everything like that. And then, I don't know, travel back in time and shoot the the shard as it falls off the satellite. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out if if Kid Kata is a product of Eobard's plan or if it's a product of the new timeline trying to come through. And Eobard did not know about that. And he's trying, you know, and whether or not he feels that's yeah. a risk or anything. When did the did the new timeline trying to force its way through happen before Kid Kata or after Kid Kata? That's what I don't know. I, I mean, I, like we we saw that, right? Yeah, because Eobard talks about it with Nora. Huh. 
He's like, you see this? This is a new timeline coming through. I think that was after Kid Kata. One way or the other, it's safe to associate the new timeline with Kid Kata, right? Yes. Hmm. And so... She killed Cicada. They converted Cicada. Okay, Bell. All right, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. So they they were in the process of converting Cicada, thus ending his threat without ending the dagger, right? Yeah. So what if he threw Kid Kata back into the mix so that the dagger would once again become a problem, therefore they have to try to stop it? This Okay, I got it. I figured it out. By... Um, by stopping Cicada one, mm-hmm. the dagger becomes inert, but it's still a thing. So maybe the potential is still there to use it, and that won't free Eobard because the dagger is still there. Uh, so he has to make uh, Kid Cada come back, get the dagger, which reactivates it. Right. Uh, so uh, then think- they can well because that's, I, th- I think I think Eobard's plan was to destroy it. Period. Yo, absolutely, one hundred percent by. Uh, converting the first cicada and making him realize the error of his ways uh and, and curing him the the dagger was inert not destroyed so it still p- poses a risk to him in some fashion i i suppose and so by sending kid Kata back to go get the dagger reactivating it uh it ensures that his timeline's not messed up right because like that's the thing it's 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 if the dagger goes inert i mean that's well see that's interesting too because I, if I the dagger if the dagger goes inert in the past wouldn't it go inert in the future yeah, I don't. I don't buy that concept that the dagger goes inert if it if if one of the cicadas is dead. Like, but it did. It, we we see it. We see all the light go out of it. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily. I mean, like that just means that nobody's activating it. But I don't think that means that it's it's it itself is dead. That's like a powering off a phone. Like that doesn't necessarily mean the battery's dead. Well, right. But so so then so then yeah, that that makes sense then because you know that that solves the problem of cicada for Team Flash, but it doesn't for Ebard because the dagger still exists. Period. Yeah. So well, twenty five years from now, they're they're clearly using it without a cicada present. So we know that it can be used regardless of who's alive and who's not alive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then so then so absolutely, Kid Kata is a factor sent back in time to force their hand and make them destroy the dagger. Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. I think that's a hundred percent accurate. But how did I, I guess that's the question is like, did did Nora somehow release Kid Kata in, 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 into the time stream? I, no, I think I think that um, I think somehow Eobard did. I think he's been like palpatining this whole situation where where you know, Clone Wars style. He's playing both sides against each other in an effort to to get what he wants, which in this instance is the destruction of the dagger. So when the good guys start winning in the good guy way fashion so that they don't actually need to do anything violent or destroy the the dagger. He throws another. He throws another bad guy in the mix. So he's he's dark counseling uh, Cicada or Kid Cicada in the same way that he's light counseling uh, Nora. Yeah, but it's interesting though. But because <laughs> by doing that, isn't he effectively erasing his own timeline? Yeah, but I think so. This this is going to be really interesting to see what happens because I <laughs> I'm 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 of the mindset that what we will see, despite what we probably should see, I think what we'll see is that when the when the dagger's destroyed. Eobard in the future, like it will disappear from the future, but the rest of the timeline will remain intact, uh, which means that he'll then kill all the people in there and then probably run back to the present. But if you yeah. ask me, yeah, the only way that that timeline, because because and in, in, so so we know that Barry is like kind of the, the, the center aspect of time, right? He is the speed force and in, in, in timelines. Uh, he is linked. He is independent from timelines, right? Like he can go to different timelines and still have his memories and whatnot intact from other. Well, other. any any speedster 
who changes the time is able to maintain knowledge of the time they changed. Right. So which is why I think Nora is important in this regard. So yes, they need yes, to, exactly. they need to destroy the dagger and then Nora needs to go into the future to solidify that event, right? Well, okay, so we've talked about this before that if if something if some body out of time in the present, if something in the present changes to something from the future in the present, that thing in the future instantly feels that change. So for example, a scratch on the time machine in one space, the future time machine now suddenly has a scratch on it. So theoretically, for example, if two graces exist in the same time, which they currently do, and like young grace was to die, old grace would be eradicated, but the timeline would maintain intact. Like her, you know, everything that she, she did in the present would still be part of the existing timeline. There's a connection there. Yeah. Generally speaking, we haven't seen that kind of thing where a change to the present impacts the future only to that one thing, as opposed to an entire timeline. Because for example, if if the dagger no longer exists in the past, that means theoretically everything that they've been using it for in the future wouldn't exist. Yeah. But hear, hear me out on this one. What if, Bell, we're looking at this the wrong way because the present is actually the past and the future is actually the present? Because Eobard in this instance, or, or rather more accurately, Nora is really the one that we should be focused on in terms of the primary timeline here. She's yeah. the one that's going back and everything else, which means that well that's what i was trying to say earlier exactly that same thing okay is it, okay, okay is it normally yeah. normally it's it's barry that's it's like the 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 focus the timeline focus centric character right but in this season yeah. it's nora so it's it's nora's present is the future and nora's future is the past right, right. because like nora goes back in time in her present which is 2049 huh. does all the stuff in the past so that will affect her uh we got three speedsters playing at this right now, which is kind of crazy. But I think Barry's less important. I think I think really the only two that matter. No, I think are, you're a hundred percent right on that. I yeah, think that it's that all Nora centric. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. It's Nora, and then secondarily, it's it's Eobard because technically, it's I mean, it's it's all his past. But I mean, like like technically, he's in that present timeline that matters. Yeah. So I think I, I'll go back to it then. So I think what we're going to end up seeing then is that that when the daggers destroyed in the quote unquote present, which I'm now going to refer to as the past, it's going to disappear in the present, which means that Eobard is about to go on a killing rampage. Yeah. He's like, as soon as that dagger, dis- like next episode, the first thing we're going to see is that dagger disappearing and him like, you know, zooming out and, and killing everybody. No, um, I mean, I think he's going to stick around and have some fun with what's his face. That's been torturing him for a while. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think he's going to toss some, some lightning at him or something or another, like one way or the other, Eobard is about to be released. And <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like here at the tail end of the episode, how many do we have? We got two more episodes this season. Uh, three. Is it 22 or 23? Normally it's 23, but I feel like it's 22 this season. Oh, well, maybe so. But I think that's right. So, I mean, like we're, we're right here, man. Eobard Thon released. And probably headed right back to the past that is our present. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, because Barry's gone. He's going to try had- to kill Nora. He might kill Nora. Uh, maybe that's how they... I, mean, yeah. I, I go back to it, man. But I mean, that's the thing. Like, it would be very... You kill know, Nora kill- again. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I will never... It was the creepiest moment in episode 100 where, when he realizes who Nora is. And he says, you brought me your daughter. Oh, it gives me... Chills in like the most evil, like way. Yeah, uh, he is not. It's not just about 
using Nora to get him free. Cause Nora is not just a pawn in this. Like, like she's to some extent the prize, like to use her to free himself and then to kill her would be the ultimate like revenge on Barry. Right. And you know what else is awesome about this? Is that it was like, you know, Barry's getting mad at her for for trusting Eobard and the results of that and her getting the negative speed force and him being like, all right, sorry, I was wrong. You know, we should trust you more. Let's use Eobard's plan. Sure. <laughs> like all right, of right, that. Right. And and then that's like they're they're falling like complete like and, and, and just like we, we, we speculated that, you know, it's like everything that, that he's everything that all this stuff that's happening, all of that is just exactly what he wants to happen he knew he knew that that was going to make Nora upset when uh when they found out or when it would make barry upset when he found out that Nora was working with eobard to the point where he would cast her out which would make her mad which would you know reverse speed force her and then barry would have to fix that and by fixing that would be trusting her and by trusting her that would be using the the mirror gun by using the mirror gun he frees eobard and then eobard kills his daughter Mm. yeah y'all please don't kill Nora. (laughs) no she's dead no no Uh, I can't take it. I cannot take that. I will be so upset if y'all kill Nora. You have no idea. Don't do it. Please. Pretty please. <laughs> do not kill Nora. Hashtag do not kill Nora. Hashtag no Nora. No flash. That's right. I'm starting right here and now. <laughs> flash anyway. boycott. Uh, yeah, that was the, it was the arrow thing. It was no, no Dana, no, or, uh, no, no Laura, Laurel, no Laurel, no arrow. Uh, yeah. No Did Nora. Really do that. No That's flash. funny. It was a thing. I was I was with them on that, man. You can't you can't you can't get rid of the Black Canary and say you got an arrow show. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's there. All right, man. So that's our speculation in terms of trying to figure out exactly what Eobard's plan is. A lot of y'all were tweeting in, uh, messaging a bunch of people, and even in the chat tonight have been asking about that. And so, uh, hope that uh, gave you some some something to chew on as we wait till next week to get it fully explained for us on next week's episode. Hey, this is Patrick Sabongi, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. All right, man, we got some great feedback this episode. We got the Wills writing in. We got Will K and Will M. What did Will K have to say? The Flash team is some of the smartest people in the multiverse working together, and no one thinks to bring meta dampeners when going to confront Miss Kata. Uh, what Ralph said, she's waking, or when Ralph said she's waking up, I thought, then chop her head off. <laughs> <laughs> there has wow. to be a way to write an antagonist as as formidable without the protagonist coming across as incompetent. I agree with you 100% on this, Will. When they knock Cicada out, and it's like, we'll, we'll look over Cicada while you go do the thing, uh, uh, Cisco. <laughs> I was like, no, Killer Frost, freeze her. Freeze her to death kill her just end her like you, you're killer frost you kill a bad guy the worst the, you know the, the worst freaking meta y'all have come across a serial killer and, and like no one's gonna be like oh killer frost we can't have you on the team anymore you murdered a serial killer i well, mean <laughs> you could also i mean you know knock knock her back out it's fine uh you could also freeze her to the floor There's that was my thing i was like i was like fine don't kill her freeze her to the floor like you've yeah. frozen you've frozen uh uh regular cicada to a wall you know, it, it, like, like, or, or, or I don't know, maybe uh, portal her to the vampire earth for a couple minutes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Get her on vampire. Earth. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just something. Do something because every single time they knock out Cicada, two seconds later, Cicada has defeated all of them and gotten away every you know, time this season. That is like the fifth time it's happened this season. I feel like you could have how it should have ended every single episode of The Flash with either Barry super speeding or like uh, a vibe opening up a portal somewhere. Yeah. Or, or like or like they're in CCPD, a cop walking up to her and just plugging her in the head. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of ways that could that could go down. Anyway, that's uh, that's good. Next one up, man. We got Will M. Right now, what did Will M. have to say? What if Cicada's dagger is what caused Reverse Flash to lose his ability to access speed, or even possibly led to that tech that suppresses his speed? So he's manipulating Nora into being vulnerable to the negative speed force and helping him or helping them to destroy the dagger to restore his speed at the same time, so he can become the next big bad uh, of next season with a mind controlled Nora in his arsenal. Well, <gasps> you. Hit the nail on the head there, Will. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that sounds, uh, especially with the part about the dagger and the tech, that sounds absolutely right. Uh, well, let's let's go on to the to the next part here. Uh, thank you guys for helping me unwind, as I often listen to your podcast to relax and to be entertained while doing so. P.S. I've never laughed as hard as I did when you guys pronounce flash backwards. <laughs> South. <laughs> It still cracks me up. Thank you for your dedication <laughs> to the podcast. I can tell a lot of work goes into it. Great job, fellow Flash fan. Fellow <laughs> fellow house <laughs> fan. <laughs> Will. Uh, well, oh, Will, man, I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, like, like I said, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. The dagger absolutely was uh, dampening his powers. The, the bit about mind controlling Nora, that's interesting because, you know, she's like she has that speed force taint and they mentioned this episode that you know oh nora said oh no they've run all the tests on me i'm fine i I don't have any negative speed force in me i don't know about that they wouldn't have said that unless perhaps you know they were not serious about it and they're gonna like you know come back and and and, uh have something happen with that but yeah that's a really really good observation there will Okay, so uh, Alicia in the in the chat is uh is correcting us um uh which is thank you for this Next week is the uh, yeah. So next week is episode twenty two, which is the season finale, man. So we really we're we're right here at the very tail end. Wait, next is, week is twenty two. Next week is uh, five two two. Well, then so this episode was five two. Oh, so, that's what. Yeah, this one's five twenty one. I think in my show notes I must must have messed that up. You know, math is hard, uh, and also people don't know that I messed that up. Yes, I read it at the beginning of the show. Yeah, you read it at the beginning know. of the show. Yeah. Uh, see now, now the question is: Do we re-record it and let uh, Mike work his magic and uh, and make it sound like we know what we're doing? No, we're going to leave it in and give all props to Alicia for calling us out, getting it corrected, and we're going to say right now, episode five of twenty-one. See, I just messed it up again. Anyway, so this yeah. was episode twenty-one, which means next week was episode twenty-two. Thank you, and there you go. Next week is the big finale that's but crazy. it's weird this season because that's one episode less than they normally have yeah i know i know that's what's throwing me off um yeah, me too yeah. uh but yeah one way or the other we it'll all it'll all come together in a big way uh and i'm, I'm looking forward to it i think will is right about next season eobard being the big bad you know a lot of times they seed who the big bad is going to be in the next season and since that really has not happened beyond eobard i'm i think that is a safe bet uh, and I'm very much hoping for it. You know, we've been talking about the fact we need kind of a rebirth story for this Eobard. If that ends up happening next season, hey, I'm all for it. I think that's great. Yeah. Man, we also, uh, to close this out here, we got an iTunes review in from uh, Jor-L11. Now, Jor-L, what a cool name. What an awesome, awesome name. That's somebody who obviously knows a lot, very creative. I can't wait to get all this uh, wonderful, positive reinforcement from Jor-L. What did Jor-L have to say? <laughs> this, by the way, before I read this, I want to say this is the greatest iTunes review in existence. Uh, but here we go. These five stars are for you, Bell. Bell, thank goodness you are around to reign in the madness of your co-host's rambling. Bo, your theories forking stink. <laughs> Sherlock is Eobard? You are a clown, friend. If it weren't for your pal Bell, I'd have stopped listening years ago because you make no sense half the time. And then you take your theories as fact. A clown, I say. 
Thanks for doing the show. I dig in <laughs> week to week. Uh, these guys are fun. Bo is just that annoying friend with crazy theories. Thank God for Bell. Also love that other show you do with Seth Rogen <laughs> about the Space Rangers of CW. <laughs> Thank you, Jorel, for writing the greatest iTunes review of all time. Everything you said is absolutely 100% correct. And the debate over which which is the best co-host of Flash TV Talk has been solved. Yeah, yeah. As as is the debate on, uh, you know, whether or not I will be seeing my therapist again this week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that, Jarrell. Awesome. Hey, you know what? It's five stars. We'll take it. I don't mind any kind of feedback. Uh, although one thing, you know, typically whenever anybody uh, uh, throws uh, criticism at us, which I know that's not necessarily what's going on here. Uh, hey, look, speculation, speedster speculations where it's at. And yes, I do fervently and passionately back up all the speculation that I come across, not as a clown, sir, as an entertainer. So I guess perhaps I could take that as a compliment. Well, clowns are entertainers, so you could still be a clown. <laughs> this, this is true. This, I'm trying to give it some kind of spin so that, again, I don't have to see my therapist yet yet again this week. Clown. <laughs> I almost called you clown. Uh, Bo, you're fumbling in your clown shoes. So, uh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh man, Jennifer Christine, uh, uh, Christian rather in in the uh, chat saying that uh, she, we've missed her feedback two weeks in a row, and uh, Jennifer, I have not seen it, so it is very possible that we've not gotten that. Uh, I'll message you in the uh, in the Facebook thing and, and make sure you got the right email for us, and uh, we will try to get that in for the finale. Check your um, spam filter too. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I got. I always always got to check the spam filter. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. Um. So yeah. So anyway. Thanks, Jarrell. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Feel great about myself. But let me tell you something. <laughs> I think I see your game, sir. I see, I see right through this. You're not Jarrell at all. You're Eobard Thawne. Bell, Jarrell is Eobard Thawne. It is so clear to me. And I want everyone to take this as gospel because clearly this is the ultimate and absolute truth. And there's nothing else out there that we should uh, interpret this <laughs> iTunes review except from being from the actual Eobard Thawne himself in an attempt to shut down Flash TV Talk. Is it possible, quote unquote, Jarrell Labard? <laughs> that you are actually the reverse flash TV talk here and an effort to destroy me and to break us apart. So that is why you come in here and try to tear us up. Well, let me tell you, sir, when you say thank God for Bell, I echo that same emotion because if it was not for this man, there would not be a flash TV talk. So in trying to stop me reverse flash TV talk, Jarella Bard, let me tell you, sir, you only embolden me and strengthen me and be prepared because there will be more <laughs> speculation coming your way in the future. And the only way, by the way, to combat uh, Jarella Bard is to go on iTunes, write us a review. We love all of those five-star reviews, regardless of whether or not you love me and or Bell, we will take them all. Uh, it's a great way to help support the show. Also, another great way to help support the show is heading over to patreon.com slash TV talk, where you too can become a patron and get yourself some good stuff like some prints that'll be going out to all of our patrons at the end of the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Be there. Make it happen. Also, you want to follow us throughout the week. You can follow us on the Twitters at Flash TV Talk and also our personal accounts at Ring That Bell and at The Real Bo York. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest and greatest live episodes of Flash TV Talk, be sure to head over to Facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk to be notified whenever we go live love to have you join us special thanks to charlie bach uh, for creating the, the music for our show you can check out the rest of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash charlie bach 
And, uh, yeah, shout out, of course, to the good folks at TVTalk.fm for all your TV Talk needs. We also want to let you know that if you stay tuned after the music, we'll have a little Thrones TV Talk, a little bonus TV Talk for you. That's because we love you, even you, Jarella Bard. Until next week, we'll be back in a flash. All right. Some Thrones TV talk. We'll just keep it. We'll keep it rolling live. That's right. We're going to do some Thrones TV talk right now. So yeah, so spoilers. Watched, yeah, Game of Thrones. Then uh, uh, yeah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers are coming. Dracaris. Dracaris. So, Bell, where, where do you want to start here? Because overall, this episode was, um, I don't know how I feel about this episode. I don't know how I feel about this season. Yeah, right? Like, this all feels very, like, like fan service fan fiction. Like, yeah. All right, let, let's just let's just, just go ahead and address this, right? Because like Jamie and uh, Brienne would never actually hook up in the books. I I don't know. Like I, I thought his character uh, in the books um, actually progressed faster than he did in the show. Uh, like like the point where he gets captured and whatnot. You know, he's like and and and. and, and I thought earlier in the books he uh, turns his back on Cersei. Well, but then he goes back to you know. So it's it's interesting. Because it's been such a long time since I've read the books that I'm, I'm concerned that I'm putting up, up on like this Holy Grail type standpoint. <laughs> and so now it's like, I don't like this in the show. This would never happen in the books. But now if I'm recalling correctly, he goes back to Cersei and is firmly in the Lannister camp. I, this whole concept of even flip flopping is a, is, is a whole show creation. Yes. I see. I don't know. Cause I haven't read the books. I've, I've, uh, Ooh. You haven't read them at all. Okay. Well, so I've read summaries of them and like uh, things like that because I used to play the card game and uh, oh. yeah. So my book knowledge is is rudimentary, but I, as I understand it from uh, having friends explain it to me, I thought that his uh, his, his change of heart happened like around the time where he was captured by the Boltons and everything, and like everything seems so weird and rushed this episode. They would have. I just don't feel like them hooking up makes sense beyond just kind of giving giving the fans what they want. Uh, the whole like everybody just immediately buys that that Jon Snow is a Targaryen and has the rightful claim because I guess we don't have time for that to be a major plot detail. Like, seems odd and rushed. Wait, wait, what do you mean everybody? I mean everybody. Like, like uh, uh, Tyrion hears it and he just accepts it immediately. Uh, Varys here, Var, Varys, um, Baldy, you know, Varys, Varys. Uh, he hears it and he's, he's like, yeah, okay, that's, that's it. Now I'm going to go support him. Like well, nobody if, questions this because if, if they've all seen Bran and how weird he is and stuff. And if somebody was like, oh yeah. Uh, you know, if it was just Sam, if Sam was like, yeah, Sam found the notes and all that kind of stuff. And like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Eh, I don't know about that, fine, but fine, like, fine, fine. but I, I get the reasoning for it and everything like because of those two combination, but it's just odd to me that everybody'd be like, oh, Huh. You know, like, I don't know. It, it, in previous seasons, I feel like that would have been a major political plot point that would have lasted at least two to three seasons before we get to any kind of, you know, actual uh, uh, firm, like general acceptance of that as the reality. Well, I don't know. I guess with uh, Daenerys being all crazy and not like being able to see a bunch of ships when she's 300 feet in the air flying a dragon, uh, maybe they're kind of like questioning her, her, her judgment and they're kind of looking for somebody and they're like, Oh, Oh, he, he's actually Aegon Tar- uh, Targaryen, the, the, you know, rightful heir to the throne. Cool. Great. Awesome. Let's use him. That's the other thing too. Euron had the, the freaking dragon stone. Like he, so he's, he goes there. He's got his like whole fleet. And that was an ambush Euron- fleet. It was like six ships. They had, a, they, had a, they, had a, they had a good, they had a set number. They had a good number. I don't recall it being more ships than... Uh, Talk about Danny. 
Danny didn't have no, that. Da- Danny had a Danny had a bunch of ships. The Greyjoys right. didn't have a lot. Well, they they decimated most of their ships. Yeah, they because the queen like on the shores of Dragonstone. Why didn't they just roll up to Dragonstone and finish the job? I, see, I don't like that 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 whole ambush scene was just like this is ridiculous. Like I don't I don't get it. She should have seen the boats first off. Second off, they maybe it's just Euron who's a crack shot with this thing and he killed uh, Viserion with like three bolts and then everyone else like, yeah, it's like these rapid fire giant crossbows and, you know, you can hit a target. It's flying in the air far away, but when it's flying right at you, you miss it every single time. And I don't know. I and, and like she couldn't see it to begin with. And I mean, I don't know. How do you lose a three dragon lead? I just don't know that. Yeah, I, well, uh, you, Night King and um, Kraken Bow, I guess. And that's the thing, too. It's like, OK, yes, I know the show is called Game of Thrones. And so and, and the books are called A Song of Ice and Fire. But like in both, they've been hyping up the the war with the dead as like the end all be all this is the only thing that matters is surviving this and then it's like you know one night and it's over yeah i, I mean it is called the long night uh that's the prophecy and everything else but um yeah no i i hear you i hear you uh, like why why couldn't it have been something where we we get the cersei thing out of the way and then we have the night king fight be the last thing and you know i don't know it just it just feels kind of cheapened I think I mean I've said it before, but I think I think the showrunners are terrible. <laughs> I think that when they don't have direct content to, uh, I think they're very good at adaptation. Bringing, yeah, at bringing to light, you know, ad- adapting previously established good content. But when left up to their own devices, they they seem fairly uncreative, uh, and and just bad, just just really really bad. What's Cersei's plan? Like I get the idea that she's supposed to be just crazy, but like she's not even really doing anything. Like she could have taken Dragonstone, which would have been a good get for her, while Danny and, and crew were up, up. They wouldn't there. have had a landing place, right? Like Yeah, exactly. That that's Dragonstone seems to be a big component. Like a like that is a that is a, a grounds for attack, at least a naval attack. Uh and on top of that, that's that's her family home. And so yeah, it, it, like every successful conquest of Westeros has started at Dragonstone. It started at Dragonstone. And, and so why why wouldn't they take it? Like they should have sent like they should have had Lannister like assassins crawling through that place waiting for Danny to come home. Yeah, and if cuz like if they take Dragonstone then they don't have a port they can land at, so right? So they take the sea route out and so now they have to march during winter over land across a continent the size of South America to get down to King's Landing, which I guess is what John and and Davos Seaworth are doing right now. But well, so yeah. and then here's the other thing, too. I mean, like, if you go back to the first season, Robert Baratheon talks specifically about the scenario where the Targaryens come and they put them under siege. So they hold up in their castle. And as people start to starve, they start to lose, they start to lose faith in their, you know, then king. And so how long will it be until people start to realize that, that you know, that, that the usurper is just that, that, you know, that in fact... Robert and the Baratheons were just the usurpers as opposed to being the, the one true, true monarch. Uh, and so having said that directly to Cersei, now we have Cersei essentially doing exactly the thing that Robert pointed out would be a bad move. She's, she's one upping it. She's saying, leave the gates open, pull everybody inside King's Landing and just have Daenerys slaughter everyone on the way to her. Well, and I get it, right? Like she's trying to do the whole human shield type deal. But the problem again with that is that they will cut off her resources and the people are going to rebel against her and then it's going to be over. 
Well, so I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess her thing is she's trying to force her hand. And that's the exact reason why she killed Masande is she wants her to make a, 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 a stupid decision out of anger so that when she starts slaughtering civilians, they'll rally behind Cersei as opposed to the smart thing, like like you're saying. And like, there Robert, be no Cersei. Like, that's the thing. If she the, the thing that Cersei is like, she's wrapping all these people around so that she doesn't get dragon bombed. Right. But then, like, what are they going to do? Like, she's she's out. I don't know. That's the thing I don't fully understand. So she, I guess she's hanging back up there. She's got the gold company. So she's expecting the gold company to come in and along with the Lannisters fight literally the rest of the entire continent. Cause the Martells are they're They're, they're on team Danny. You've yeah. got the, you got the gray joys. They're the, the second, the second tier grade joys are still with team Danny. You've got the Knights of the Vale. You've got the Dothraki. What's apparently we still have Dothraki, by the way. We still have Unsullied. We we've got the the North. Like, well, the the North the North is going to sit and rest, right? Most of the Northern houses are staying up north. No, they still sent some Northern people. Like I, Sansa lost that 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 debate. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, she had a good point. If everybody would just shut up and listen to Sansa, <laughs> then they yeah. might actually get somewhere. But um, yeah. I don't know. I just don't see how this is going to end satisfactorily for, for, for viewers or anyone in the show. And can Jon Snow just at least pet Ghost before sending him off to a state up, that uh, to a farm upstate? I, that, you know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of like the end of The Force Awakens when Leia didn't hug Chewie. Yeah, or didn't give him a medal, you know? Like, what, what's up with that? Like, Ghost has been here, man. And then all of a sudden you get a dragon and Ghost is like, hey, oh, well, it's John. Jo- oh, oh, you, you going to hang out with your dragon? Uh, okay, that's cool. I'll just be here. Yeah, you well, know, now like, the dragon's like, dead and he doesn't even have a dog. I would have loved to see, and I get budgetary stuff, but I would have loved to actually see Ghost fight Viserion, like undead Viserion. That would have been pretty cool. would have been great. And it would have been like a whole thing about the warring nature of being a Targaryen and a Stark. Yeah, I don't know. It's... I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to watch the rest of the season. And I'm going to enjoy it. But like, I just don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I, I am kind of ready just for it to be over too. I hate it, but that's kind of where I'm at. And well, I, I think Adult Swim said it best when uh, they, uh, this was last season, I think when they were airing the last season of Rick and Morty uh, after one uh, episode of Rick and Morty, they like Adult Swim posted a, a, a blip or whatever their little things are called. Uh, just the the black image with the white text, yeah, yeah, and it was like R.I.P. the writing on Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! Wow, that's, yeah, because because basically like last season and this season the writing has gone downhill, and that's when they ran out of all the material that George R. R. Martin had for him. Wow, I mean that's true, that's true. Wait, well, hey, one way or the other, we'll uh, we'll still be we'll still be talking about it a little bit. Throwing TV talk for you. What's going to happen next next week and in the next coming weeks? We don't know. Do we care? Yes, of course we care. But will it be satisfactory? Probably not. We'll see. Maybe maybe John's going to kill Danny. Seems hey, maybe. Some, some people seem to think that. We'll see. We'll find nah, out. Nah, man. Uh, Cersei getting killed by Jamie and Danny's going to die getting shot in the head with a giant crossbow bolt. Uh, maybe. Doing something stupid. <laughs>